I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue. I don't even know what episode we're on. Are we on number 60? 61? Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm losing track. I do so many of these episodes, um, but it's been such a fun ride because week after week after week, I get to speak with amazing rock stars um, in sales or people that support sales or just people that can give perspectives on how we can improve our sales. And today is no different because today... I have another special guest, Portia Marsh, RMT, who, well, I would list, list you off all the businesses that she runs, but there's a lot. Um, so I'm going to call her a serial entrepreneur, specifically in the health and wellness space. Um, but today I have her here because, uh, for two reasons. One, I want her to share with you how an obsession with CSI and the pursuits of a career in policing and corrections actually sent her down the path of becoming the ultimate body problem solver. And along with that, I want her to share with us, um, as sales professionals, as sales leaders, what are some things that we can do or what we should be looking for to make sure that we keep ourselves on the health and wellness side in peak performance so that when we're on the phones, we're doing sales calls, we're leading sales teams, we can be on the ball with them and stand up as the leaders that we need to be in all those situations. So Portia, welcome to Sales Team Rescue. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. So, so Portia, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, I gave some teasers in the intro there, but but um, one thing you mentioned before we got talking is that people look at you now and say, oh, you don't understand me. You don't understand what, what this was like or what that was like. But your story is a little different than what one might expect if they just meet you for the first time today. Tell us about that. Very much so. So, my story, what got me, long story short, is I suffered of an eating disorder, and I'm very up and honest with people because essentially that is why I do what I do, and I'll kind of explain that here in a second, of, of finding that confidence to have the strength to do what a person does. So at some point in time, uh, so at the end of my high school career, I was sitting at about 73, 75 pounds, and I was throwing up between five to six times a day and the amount of calories that I would put back. So I went after I graduated and I was working for a call center, I would basically spend my whole paycheck on food and not keep it down. And when I was in police and corrections and doing that program, so at one point in time, at the start of the year, I want to say it was mid-October, and they told us, hey, class, no matter how good you do on any of the exams, if you don't pass this pair test, which is a fitness test, you don't pass the year. And so that was the essentially, oh my gosh, I got to I gotta do something. And so sitting at 73, 75 pounds, and with that portion of the pair test, I had to do a segment with 80 pounds, and then later down the road for RCMP with 100 pounds. I, I failed the first one. It was awful. So that year, the only thing I did, what I wanted for Christmas was a heart rate monitor and the insanity workout. That was it. It was Christmas Eve. And they're like, Portia, what gift do you want to open? I was like, that one, I know exactly what it is. So I opened it and I was like, all right, time to start day number one. And so that's what I did that whole year. And I, I essentially, I passed my para test at the end of the year. And it was that bit of confidence of, oh my gosh, I, I feel strong. 
right? Because I was always, you know, like I did track and field in high school. I did soccer. Running was more my thing. I did ballroom dancing, right? So more, you know, the the lighter kind of sports. And I was always kind of, I don't want to say picked on, but I was always picked last in gym class and whatnot, just because of my size. Um, So in terms of with what I do for people, understanding that emotional connection with food is a big one. So I understand it more from the overeating side of it and dealing with addictions and struggles like that. And because essentially we're all dealing with some sort of addiction and and filling that gap. So how do we replace it with something else that's more positive? So essentially that brings it all back to dealing with one thing, replacing it with another. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you know, and it's interesting. I don't talk about this ever on the show, but um, for me, I've always struggled with my weight. Um, I've, I think my, my lowest was a very hard earned 178 pounds and I'm five, 11, five, 10 and a half. Um, and, <laughs> that happens five, 11. <laughs> five, 11. Uh, and, and so the, it's, it's, I've struggled. I've gone way up in weight. I've gone, um, it's a lot harder to go down, but I've always been heavy and it's been a huge struggle, especially when I get busy, when I get focused. And in my life, I found that, um, and it's, it's balanced itself out some, but it, in many times in my life, it's felt like it's almost been career or health. And I was healthiest when I actually wasn't working. Like, uh, I, I took a year off to go finish my degree so when I joined Toastmasters, which is where you and I met, which we'll get into as well. Um, but a whole year, I wasn't working. I was a student, traded in my car for a bicycle and a bus pass, and worked out two hours a day, six to seven days a week, and got down to uh, 178 pounds and went, I'm tired all the time. Oh, my goodness. So all I have to say is I, I understand um, from a similar situation, the, the, the binge eating stuff that happens, um, I'm an emotional leader and it's really frustrating. And, uh, so by the time this conversation is over, I just might hire you, but, but before we get there, like, I, I want everyone listening and everybody watching to know that, that if just because you feel like, mm, you know, I don't need to lose weight or gain weight, that's great. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to feel great, exactly. but do you actually feel great is the question. Because you can be happy with your rate. No pro. I don't want you to say, I want this number. I don't want this number. Mm-hmm. I want you to assess yourself say, do I feel great? I don't care what the scale says. I don't care. You know, but is everything working? Is, does it feel like you've got energy? Does it feel like you're motivated? Does it feel like you're focused? And for me, that's what matters. I mean, the scale is a measurement and not a great one. But, but there's so many pieces in the health and wellness space. And this is why, like for you, uh, you know, you've got, all these certifications and I can't even list them off. I'm not going to try to, because ultimately it doesn't matter. What matters is you help solve problems with people's body. And the real, also the other part of that is that behind the problem in people's bodies, and I should, I, maybe problems is the right word, maybe challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, there's often other stuff behind it. Like for me, I know there's mental stuff around, around my, my weight issues. So um, tell us when, like for someone like me, or you know anyone else that's running a sales team on a sales team, um, someone that's a busy professional could be just a small business owner that's trying to uh, trying to grow their business. Things get busy, and when when, or when people get busy, things get neglected, and often the health side of it, especially the eating, yeah. often takes a hit. Tell us, are there something to inspire us to smarten up, or what do we need to think about, or or how can you help someone in that situation? Big time. So. 
I'll bring it back to something you had said there about two minutes ago, uh, where there's other things more important than the scale, right? So when people come in to see me and I, you know, I'll pick apart their mind and be like, oh, so tell me about all your goals and whatnot. And if I ask about a particular weight goal, if they start, mm, and if, if they don't have something right away, I don't even want to hear it because essentially the weight's not important right? It's, it's, it's how you feel. And so I'll take them through that course of action. So to answer your question, right, and, and four things that I find are, are very important for being on top of your A game, whether that's dealing with clients or showing up for like whatever the case may be, is going to be sleep, your stress management, the diet and exercise, right? And there's, there's a really good quote out there where if you're training for one hour a day, it's only 4% of your day, right? That's, Four percent of your day. So what what happens with the rest of the ninety six percent? And when people are, you know, they're so busy. And, and I can respectfully say this as an entrepreneur. You know, there's been days where I wasn't home for twenty four hours. You know, you hear of Elon Musk who was sleeping on the floor of his office, and it's like that's that's a very real thing for a lot of entrepreneurs because it's essentially you have to do that in the first five years to to stay open, right? And so as a person gets more focused on business or whatnot and it has the tendency to be like so whether they now start eating more convenience food right or maybe they are living off a caffeine diet right yeah ca- there's good things with caffeine right no judge i i, I have a, a very good story on caffeine <laughs> it's good um but with the caffeine and whatnot but what they're actually doing throughout the run of the day and how many people and i know i've done this before where i've been so busy it'll be you know 12 30 at night Midnight sometimes is like, wow, I didn't eat all day today because I was so busy. But if that happens over and over and over again, it's at the end of the day, and this is the takeaway for people, is at the end of the day, your body is still replacing itself. It still has to recover. It doesn't matter if you're doing bodybuilding, running, yoga, Pilates, Zumba, whatever it is you want to do, your body still has to replace itself. And if you do not give it the building blocks, well, you can't expect to build a skyscraper with straw and tape, Right. And essentially, it will come crashing down. The other thing as well, too, the other factor that I look at is also what runs in that person's family, right? So that's also a very big component. And I'm going to take shift workers, for example, here. So with shift workers, they tend to be way more susceptible to diabetes. And that is just because as soon as you have less than six hours of sleep, a person who's otherwise healthy will show up pre-diabetic, sorry, pre-diabetic on a blood glucose test with two days of messed up sleep, less than six, six hours. So already that gets thrown out of the loop. So going back to that 4% of your day is exercise. Now, 40% of it is all to do with sleep. So if that's messed up, it's like, well, you're already out of 50, 50. So it's why, why work hard if you can work smart at the same time too. So essentially If someone knows where they're falling behind, because it's like, yeah, you can be great at sales. You can be great at, you know, contacting clients, whatever the case may be. But if you do something to the extreme all the time, eventually something else is going to fall back and fall back. And that weaker link, that's what I kind of coined that as, your weakest link will indeed hold you back. Whether you like it or not, right? You could think you're 9 out of 10 for sales. And if if something is like a 2 out of 10, right? It just, where's the medium there? So you might think you're performing at an 8, but really it's at a 4.5, right? So how do we we keep everything leveled so that a person can do what they're doing? So essentially finding the balance and being very, very honest and very accountable with themselves. So to answer Mm. your question there. Accountability is huge. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. um, and I found myself at, at times when I don't go down, like uh, when the the COVID stuff happened, I was like, my gym's closed. 
great. Um, part of it was just another excuse to not go. Uh, but then I was like, no, no, I got to work out. And I did, I jumped on the beach body train and I'm like, okay, I've got a workout area and everything. Let's do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's like the second the gym's closed. I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll do it. And I didn't. And I, the only time I would do it is if I woke up because of a bad sleep way really, really early. And I'd be like, well, I might as well go work out. It was very strange. So, I mean, I'm sure that's not um, the typical scenario, but I think that people in professional roles, sales, sales leaders, um, small businesses, entrepreneurs of any sort, um, it's so easy to get off track. And I know that um, some of the habits that we hear about highly successful people, um, one is get up early. And so a lot of people, I, for a long time, I was trying to get myself up at 5 a.m. The trade-off was I was going to sleep at like one or two. That doesn't work. That gets me under my six hours and suddenly I'm registering as pre-diabetic, right? Exactly. <laughs> so the, there's the, yeah, there's, there's so many pieces. So um, now before we keep going on this track, I want to just give you a shout out because, um, you know, I, I know you now, but in going through, um, you know, learning more about you, I was able to see that you've got some photos of you being on stage uh, in a competitive way. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So I'm glad you brought that up because at some, so when I was dealing with that eating disorder, right. So I'd eat a throw up and at some point in time, I looked at a photo. I want to say it was Nicole Wilkins and I looked at a photo. And I was like, Hmm, I could look like that. Maybe all I have to do is eat a handful of almonds, maybe some peanut butter and some oatmeal. Right. And maybe some protein powder. Didn't know anything at that point in time. And so I was doing something to look like that. And I was what we would call skinny fat. Right. I was really light, but I had no separation or like anything going. And what drove me to go to stage was back to the ballroom dancing. So being really thin and I wanted to build a bigger back, bigger legs because I had like chicken legs in high school. And when I was into the gym, it was every time I made that PR because I'm late. Right. I'm I'm five, two and whatnot. My stage weight usually runs between ninety five, maybe one hundred and three pounds. Right. But going from 73 pounds to 140, my, that's my gap. And so with stage and that taking a step back from it, everything that I do now with people. So with my first show, if I would have been more on tune with my sleep, oh hell yeah, I would have looked totally different. So with stage, I'm, I come from a very competitive family. Our model was go gold or don't come home. Right. And I've done lots of different types of competitions over the years uh, with my high school career. And with the stage, it, it's, it's carried over a lot of methods and patterns that I apply as an entrepreneur. And it's, it's one of those, I can see the patterns and it's almost like everything kind of falls into those same things. And you have to have basically that delayed gratification and whatnot. So with stage, so I've done four shows up until now. My first one, I was ninth out of 18th place. Um, pretty sure there's 18 people or two people were off anyways, but ninth out of 18th. The second one was later that year. And I was third, um, for my category, the next one following, I won my first place for my category and overall. So between the, the tall, the short, and then the medium first place over the first winners. And then two weeks later, so to bring it back. So two weeks later, I missed first place by two points. Right during that time, it was I should have cut off my my refeed at 3 p.m. instead of having it going for an extra two days. So showing what metabolism can do, and it's essentially it's all going to come down to that science, right? So with the with the bodybuilding on stage, it was kind of this I want to do this for myself 
to say I can do this and the amount of food it took to get there. If I told you how much food I had to eat during that time, most people don't believe me. I eat more than the average man, right? And it, it was that process of doing it. Um, but it taught me a lot. It taught me grit. It taught me resilience. And it taught me focus. So trust the process, right? Trust the process because you will start second guessing yourself. And it it taught me a lot. And when, whereas you said, when your health was the best was when you weren't working. So when I won my overall, I was just starting to take more regular clients as a personal trainer. And I was fresh out of uh, my massage therapy program. And it was just, just so much focus. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was great. And then after that, so then I also did powerlifting. I competed last year to see where I'd be at. Cause I just kind of felt like I got off of that, like that competitive groove and whatnot. So trying to get back into it. Um, so I found that's been a little bit of a struggle, but last year really helped doing that powerlift meet and just with everything that's going on with COVID and, and, uh, uh, fiddling things out with that is very helpful. So great, great experience. And that's what I do now is I help people on stage and get there and still be healthy, right? Because there's a non-healthy way to do it and there's a very healthy way to do it. So trying to go about it as healthy as possible and not be messed up in the brain thinking, oh, I got to look like this all the time, right? Because it's not mm. healthy. It's not healthy. So, so you mentioned, there's a couple things you mentioned I want to go back to. Um, one was trusting the process. Now, for someone, so for me, part of it's always like, yeah, I know I can do this because I, I can jump on a, a proper eating plan with some structure, drop 10 pounds in a week, no problem. Like it's just, mm. I mean, it's, it's the water weight most of it, but oh, yeah. it, feel, it feels good when you step on the scale, right? <laughs> and, but, but part of it is, and I know I'm, uh, I'm like, like other people, um, there's a point where you're like, I know I want to do this and I don't know what the process is and I want support. And the other part of it is like, well, I mean, I'll wait and do it after. Like, I always feel like, and this is horrible because I know, and I'll tell you guys that are watching, listening, all the time that you're like, oh no, I can get to it later. Guys, life is short. Time is short. Okay. So, um, so I think that, that we need to make this a priority for people right now. So if, for someone like me who um, is in a place where I'm like, I know I got to get on board and I, but accountability is uh, a, a real struggle. Like I'm busy. Um, busy is just an excuse because there's always hours in the day, right? But what would you tell someone? Well, what would you tell me? Because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people in a similar boat to me where life is happening, super busy, focusing on business or sales or whatever. But we there's this want to improve, just not the clarity on how to do it or what the next steps are. Definitely, I like that. So, say if I were to tell you what, like my best suggestion for you, if that is where you're at, is Figure out exactly what is, what is that one thing that's holding you back the most, right? If this time right now is more to do with like physical health or if it's more to do with mental health or emotional health or whatnot, finding out where exactly that start step is. Because some people think, oh, I, I have to do this. And it's like, no, we could probably focus on something else and you're going to get way better results, right? Like a lot of people come in and they think, oh, I'm going to get a meal plan and a workout plan. It's like, no, we're going to focus on your sleep first. Or no, we're going to focus on your water first. And then asking that question, because essentially, if you don't ask anybody, no one's going to be like, hey, try this, right? So so having having the courage to know exactly where your flaws are with it. What's holding you back the most? Because essentially it's holding back your sales. It's holding back everything, right? And then asking for help. The other thing I would say, so say say if you have only 15 minutes to meet with someone for accountability purposes, the easiest thing 
as a coach, what I would do with a client is I would have them literally write down anything it is. So say if it's meal planning, what it is they're eating in the run of a day, what kind of their day looks like. So some people, they might just do a quick little like jargon, you know, just a, a quick paragraph to say what they've done throughout the course of the day. Other people will break it down into 15 minute increments, five minute increments or down to the minute. And then that way, so say if you're meeting with someone for accountability purposes, your coach can look at that and I would just take and be like, all right, so this is what you're doing. These are the patterns. Why don't we shift this around and see what happens? Right. Um, and it's like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a busy person. I work like 28 hours a day, right? It is what it is. And uh, my accountability is actually with one of my business partners and every day. So uh, five times, sorry, five days a week, we will sit down and go over our tracking to do list to just be accountable to each other. And it's a quick five, 10 minutes. We'll maybe go off into more structured conversation, but assigning where we are and we'll rate ourselves on it. So find out where you are, ask for help, right? Be very honest and open about it and then track. That is the easiest thing. That's the easiest thing because say, if you wanted a meal plan, I don't know where to start you if I don't know what you're doing. Right. I could give you ideas, but what are you doing right now and how can we fill those gaps first? And it's kind of like building a house. Well, you're not going to put the, the, the putty on the walls first. You're going to get the frame going first. Right. We're not going to put the doors in until there's a doorway. Right. So you always got to bring it back to the most simplest thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. So, so I think that um, it's super clear that you are super smart on this stuff. And uh, I, I'm excited because we're going to talk after this. Uh, and um, what I want to do now, before I tell people how to get a hold of you, I want them to learn a little bit more about you because we are going to jump into the lightning round. Ooh, all uh, right. Yes. So I'm just going to throw, I think it's four questions at you. Um, we're just going to learn a little bit of behind the scenes of Portia Marsh. So Portia, we all know that coffee is for closers. What's your favorite coffee or comparable drink? <laughs> I love coffee. Um, I used to do 18 to 16, sorry, 16 to 18 cups a day. Um, if, wow. if I were, yeah. So I like my coffee strong. I used to do double doubles way back, but now I do everything black and preferably I like to do something that's not going to wreck my pH level. So something that's a little less acidic, but still has a good punch. So I like to do Sumatra blends. Or I like to do espressos. So my favorite used to be uh, triple shot Americano, right? Espresso three, espresso shots. Um, so I just, I do those. So either Sumatra or just straight up espresso stuff. And that's what I do if I'm not going to be having caffeine. So over the whole COVID thing, I worked back up to a point that I was doing two pots of coffee a day. And I was like, man, this is getting a little hectic, right? Let's bring it back a bit. So I cut it off cold turkey. So if I'm changing it, I will do matcha tea. And I found like it, it worked wonders. I didn't have any energy dip, but I would say Sumatra would be the way to go. Yes. Black. Black. <laughs> black, black. I love it. I love it. See, now, I, I heard a little bit of a coffee snob come out there. That was good. I didn't expect that. That's good. Yeah. I shouldn't oh, say yeah. coffee snob, but yeah. That's oh, I'm a coffee snob. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, now, in your business, and I know you've worked with people from a lot of different businesses, and obviously you're in business for yourself. What's one book or movie you would recommend to somebody who is either running a business or looking to improve in their sales and sales leadership? Definitely. So I... I'm actually rereading a book that I had read way back and it's the one minute entrepreneur by Ken Blanchard and Don Hudson, uh, not with a D H U T S O N and that book. So this one here, 
the one minute entrepreneur. And it's a, it's a very quick, easy read. So if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have a lot of time, you can skim through stuff very quickly. And it has uh, a different summary at the end of the books. So I would say that just to kind of reevaluate, see why you're in what you're doing and essentially what, what got you into sales, right? Because yeah, you can always bore everybody with your, you know, whatever information you're throwing at them, but finding that need. Right. And I found that's probably been one of the most helpful books. Um, but to throw out a second one, I'm very big on personalities and people's traits. And I would say because you're trying to sell to somebody, that somebody is a person. So understanding that person. So I would definitely say if you are in business for yourself, you're doing sales, whatever the case may be, how to win friends and influence people or personality plus with understanding people from that perspective. So I would say either a personality book or the one minute entrepreneur just to kind of reevaluate where you're at. Love it, love it. Technically three. Okay, (laughs) I'll allow it. Good. Now, who's someone that you would consider a mentor in your life? Oh, yes. So last year, I had the honor of working with Tim Grover, who would be Kobe Bryant's coach, Michael Jordan's coach. And what pushed me into that was, so I was on this podcast trip. I, I like to learn. I am just a, I just, I love learning. And so I was on these podcasts and I liked the way that Tim was delivering what he was saying. He's very cutthroat to the point, won't sugarcoat anything. And that's, that's my kind of language. I I very much like that. That's what I do as a coach. I don't sugarcoat things. And so when he was talking, so I, I ended up doing two rounds with him and then we would do like monthly calls before that. And it was, it was great. And that was probably one of the most in-depth coaching I've done with somebody else. Cause I'm a very independent kind of client from the, the other side of the spectrum. I'll be like, cool. Let me know what I got to do for the month. And I will touch base with you later. I don't like when people chase me for that. So I liked, I liked working with Tim. It was really good. Uh, it was really good. So I, I definitely say Tim Grover would be a, a big mentor, uh, especially in the last year. So awesome. Awesome. Final question, the lightning round. Definitely. What is the strangest thing you do in your daily routine to keep you on your game? <laughs> so the the strangest thing I do is I actually started it with the first round of working with Tim Grover. Uh, so on our boot camp week, someone had challenged us to do cold showers and a list of other things in the run of a day. And I looked at this list and I was like, well, I'm already doing everything else on the list, but the cold showers. And I know of all the benefits that it has. And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And on the challenge, the member that had posted this, they had challenged us to do it for a minute. And because I come from a very competitive family, I was like, you know what? Never mind that. I'm going to do that for two minutes. So every day, first thing and first thing I do as the second I open my eyes is I go up two flights of stairs. I take a cold shower for at least two minutes and I go about my day. And I, I will have a bad day if I do not have a cold shower. So it's, wow. yeah, even if I'm running late, I will still take a cold shower. It's like having like a triple shot Americano first thing in the morning. <laughs> so, wow. Yes. Oh, man. Now I'm <laughs> terrified and excited to try it. Um, <laughs> it's good. Awesome. Well, well, uh, well, well, thank you. Look, so I want to tell people how to get a hold of you. You've got about 30 different Facebook pages for all the different businesses. Um, but the simplest place to find you is on Facebook at... Uh, Portia Marsh RMT is the page. And for those of you watching or listening, um, there should be a link around here, but it is FB as in Facebook.com forward slash Portia Marsh RMT as in registered massage therapist RMT. Oh, yes. um, so 
reach out to Portia. Uh, you know, she does phenomenal things uh, in corporate settings. She does phenomenal things one-on-one. I'm going to keep having a conversation with her after we get off the live here. Um, and it, it's it's been great chatting with you. You know, I, I think that, that what you do is so important and the impact that it has on people can be so life-changing and business-changing. Some people do things for their business that they won't do for their, themselves in their lives. So guys, gals, you guys watching, listening, I will just say this. If you are someone that tends to prioritize your business over your health, I want to challenge you to do this and reach out to Portia for your business because your health plays such a big role in how well you perform. Awesome. Portia, thank you so much for being here in Sales Team Rescue. I greatly appreciate it. Guys, um, thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, Remember, you can catch this replay and previous episodes at salesteamrescue.com. And if you would like to book your own sales team blueprinting session with yours truly, um, you can find that as well at salesteamrescue.com. I am your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and we will see you next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Remember, guys, get uncomfortable, get results. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.